Apples, Horses, and Hoops. We are on the way. Season 2, Episode 2, Bearded Carcast. We're on our way to Lexington, Kentucky. We're in the back seat. <laughs> we are in the back seat. Is this the first back seat? I'm glad we could rent a car for the four of us. We're driving to Lexington for literally the best road trip ever. This is going to be unbelievable. But I'm glad we rented a car smaller than the ones we own. Like That seemed that seemed intelligent. We only have more radio yeah. equipment for about three broadcasts. Yeah. And, you know, right. I mean, we had to leave a couple people behind, but, yeah. but we've got everything packed in. Yeah, we got to go back because I didn't lock my car. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. This is a season two tradition. It is a tradition. I, haven't, I don't think I've locked my car in either episode. Huh. It's a good way to start. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a short little trip right down the road. Yeah, it's just so. a little loop, so yeah. it's no big deal. It's not like being a mile away. <laughs> the other thing is we're in this uh, uh, Jeep Patriot, and we have this thing stacked to the gills. If Brett Redden stops short, I think someone's going to die. Yeah, I just hope we get apples before that happens. <laughs> This really is a great trip, though. Lexington, Kentucky is my favorite or certainly one of my favorite trips that we go on with any sort of regularity. It's an affluent city. It's got my two favorite things, horse racing and college basketball. Rupp Arena is unbelievable. And for those that are listening that have attended a game at the Carrier Dome where you pack people in, Rupp consistently packs more people in, and it's sold out. So the carrier I just locked dome, my car, and we didn't even get out of the car. Isn't that yeah, great? Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, well, nice. Since, since there's so much stuff in this car, <laughs> it would actually like have to unpile things and take things out in order to accomplish that. So so it, it, it's a good thing you're able just to click it. But you've been to dome stadiums to watch games yeah. before, and if it's a basketball game like they do for the Final Four, you lose a lot of environment because they're open seats and it's so large. Rupp Arena is built as a 25,000-seat basketball venue, yeah. and it's huge, but it's loud, and the fans are unbelievably crazy. The, Kentucky is essentially an ACC team playing in the SEC. It's a basketball culture. I mean, it's where Santa Claus dresses in blue. (laughs) They they just love it. Their fans are the best. If you're ever trying to scalp tickets to a college basketball event, you hope that Kentucky's in it because the the fans will come. Price is not an issue in their world. It's a great city. It's a great, great venue. And this year's Kentucky team, I watched the Duke game last night. I watched the VMI game on Sunday. They are uber talented. They haven't quite figured out how to play with each other, which means... It will be a little bit of a work in progress at this point in the season, but it's a team we are, if not likely, it is certainly possible we'll see in Minneapolis in March. Well, and John Calipari teams generally do get better in March than they are in December. And, you know, he's had to deal a lot with, you know, one and duns and mixing in McDonald's All-Americans. It's a problem a lot of coaches wish that, wish that they had. But this team, uh, interesting, uh, there's actually uh, – I'll say it for the broadcast. I got a little interesting nugget. Uh, this will be the second game this year where uh, Winthrop will have played an opponent where their sister uh, played Winthrop in a women's basketball game in previous years. 
I mean, there are so many nuggets on Kentucky. If you read through their media guide, you learn everything. My favorite part, of course, is all of the records that they have to put the asterisk by. So it's like on On court court versus what the NCAA has taken away from them. But more NCAA tournaments than any other program, more wins than any other program. And since Cal has been there, they have had a top three recruiting class every year. Every year since Rupp was open in the mid-70s, they've been top two in the country in attendance. It's a great spot. I mean, it, it never gets old that after their games at home, there are more people that remain in the seats yeah. to listen to the Calipari post-game radio interview than are at basically all of the Big South games on any given Saturday or, or Tuesday. I mean, they're like six, 8,000 people that stick around a half hour after the game to listen to Cal on the radio, which, by the way, they could listen to driving home if they wanted to. So I was watching uh, the coaches' show last night. Uh, you know, they post it. You can listen. You can, it's interesting. You can watch it on like 18 different platforms. <laughs> yeah. And, and so when one, when one like slows down, you can just switch to another, which is what I did. But Coach Cal is great. I mean, it's, you know, Tom Leach is about to go into a break and he's already got the headphones off and he's, he's yeah. going to talk to somebody or grab a drink or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think I told you this story before, so it's a little bit of a rerun, but, uh, Probably six, seven years ago, Nicole and I went to New York City for Thanksgiving. We wanted to do that that genuine parade experience. Yeah. And it's snowing, and you get up early, and you have to have a, a good spot. And it, it just so happened we sat next to or, or stood next to three generations of women from Lexington. Oh. The, the grandma yeah. and her daughter and then her two kids. And... You know, we're talking about Lexington and we're talking about coming to New York City and Thanksgiving and all those sort of things. And about two thirds of the way through the parade, I lean over towards the grandma and I go, hey, did you uh, did you hear the news about Santa? And she said, no, what's that? And I'm like, "Uh, I I heard that, you know, Santa's not going to be able to make it at the end of the parade this year. But good news. uh, John Calipari is standing in (laughs) and she was very excited about this and my wife says, this old woman is gullible enough that you are going to kill her when you tell yeah, her John that, Calipari that's, that's is not, not true, yeah. at the end right. of the parade. Speaking of gullible, we just went by Heritage, the old Heritage USA. Uh, and they have this, like, 15-story hotel that was supposed to open. This was a big theme park. Jim Baker, remember the yeah. fan? Jim have so, you been? Have you taken John? <laughs> we have not taken John. Oh, why? But uh, So they used to have this golf course here, and then they had, uh, it's like Heritage USA. The production was here. The church was, everything was here. And then they, so they built this huge hotel, and uh, I don't think it ever opened. Huh. And it, but it still exists. I mean, it's it's if you drive by it, there's like you know five stories up. There's like brick missing. People have gone in and like taken all the fixtures, and it's just kind of like an eyesore in York County. Yeah, that reminds me of when we went to Dubai, and they. Not for a winter basketball right. game. But the, maybe <laughs> that would be a good beer to car I mean, cast. The, the number of times we're driving past Knoxville we've, this be, year. Bears would be good in the... Yeah, I think we're going to get yeah. to Dubai in one of these trips. Um, they've got their version of Disneyland there. Yeah. It's called like Dubai-land or something like that. Oh, but how, the how only, original. Yeah, the, the <laughs> only part of it they constructed was the sign that says, Welcome to Dubai-land. There's, there's nothing actually... Nothing actually there. They they ran out of cash for that project. So and also as part of this, uh, so the golf course that belonged to this became Regent Park. And it was a nice little track. Um, and about I don't know ten years ago, that like a lot of golf courses, they fell through hard times when the economy went south. So the golf course company sold it. I guess maybe it was in bankruptcy. Got sold to developers, and now they've like put like uh, new homes on there, and 
and apartments have completely taken away this uh, this golf course. It, and it was good because it was right off the highways, close for people. Um, but I know that doesn't sadden you because you don't really play golf. I like golf a great deal. My dad asked me when I talked to him on Sunday whether I wanted to buy tickets to the U.S. Opens at Pebble Beach this year. Ooh. I've been to the U.S. Open four or five times. Um, but, no, I, I don't play. How far is Pebble Beach from your parents? About two hours. Mm. But it's a pain because there's no, no easy way road to go, right? in and out, yeah. and you have to park a half hour away and tram in. Once you've gone to the Masters, going to the U.S. Open is a real pain in the behind. And, and yeah. who wants to complain? These are great things. No, and but I, they're all, you're all shuttled in. Yeah, yeah. it's just it, it, it's really inconvenient because U.S. Open courses tend to not have parking and kind of be remote like we saw in Seattle or outside of Seattle a few years ago, like we saw up in Milwaukee a couple of years ago. And, and it's just, it takes a long time. If you're two hours from door to door from my parents' house to Pebble Beach, it's going to take three and a half or four Jeez. to actually be on the course by wow. the time you park and tram in and deal with huh? all this stuff. You know what else? We could stay with Jim Nance, couldn't we? Uh, Jim does live in Pebble <laughs> Beach. I, I I wonder if he'll be busy that that time of year or not. You know, while we're while we're exiting Fort Mill here and heading in the general direction of Hendersonville to pick up some apples, yes. and then onto Lane's End Farm in what they call Versailles, Kentucky, not Versailles, right. Kentucky, even though it's spelled the same way. Before we head to Rupp Is it because Arena there's for, a lot of horse sales with their there? practice. Well, but before we do that, we are going through the brand new Waffle House oh. here in Fort Mill. Yeah. Andrew Dyke wrote a phenomenal column maybe six months or 12 months ago about how you're not a southern town until you've got yourself a Waffle House, and, and there it is. I would argue two. Two, two Waffle Yeah, I, I agree. So they might have lost the golf course, right. but, they, but they, they, gained they gained a Waffle a House. Right. And, and our buddy uh, Chuck Howard, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, Dave. Our buddy Chuck Howard, uh, who used to do TV uh, sports here in Charlotte, uh, sports director in town, uh, he's become an entrepreneur. He's opening up um, a spirits shop not too far from here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Br- Brett Redden, who's driving in the front seat, we just didn't bother to mic him up. Maybe he'll earn that at some point. Um, says that it's a Winthrop alum that opened up that Waffle really? House, which oh. probably seems like a pretty good investment. It, Maybe we should have met there for breakfast. It, well, yeah. I, <laughs> Might it, not have been good for the road, though. <laughs> you know, I mean, so we're just not in, we're not in tight quarters or anything, so I'm sure it wouldn't be a big and, deal. Hey, can we get some AC in here? It's a little warm. <laughs> We've only been in the car like eight minutes. So, yeah. The trip is really exciting. It we're going to go see horses at Lane's End Farm, one of the great farms in the world right. today. Now, where are we going to dinner tonight? Did you pick out a spot? I think I found, I think Larry Glover, our friend, yeah. helped us find kind of a local burger and beer sort of okay. joint that we're going to enjoy. Tomorrow morning, we're going to get up early and we're going to go to Keeneland. We're going to watch the horses work out and then we're going to have breakfast on the backside, mm. which is an awesome experience. Keeneland is not only one of the great racetracks, in the country, but a national historic landmark. It's phenomenal. But um, this is a great trip, and I've been looking forward to it for quite a while. But last night was a great football game. Oh, fantastic football game last night. I I mean... Unbelievable. I mean, it was... It was... uh, It qualified for a scoregami. (laughs) It was... You you know what a scoregami is? What is a scoregami? So this guy um, came up with it. I think it's John, John Boys or something like that, right? Brett, you're, you know this because when I saw it on Twitter this morning and I, I followed the guy, it said that you followed him too. 
So basically, it, you would love this because you're a stats guy, right? So scoregami is when a score happens that has never happened before in the NFL. So okay. this guy has charted it, and this was like the 1,045th different score since the NFL started way back when in the, in the 20s. Well, whether it was a unique score or not a unique score, it was a unbelievable Dave, never game. in the history of the NFL has a game ended 54-51. Okay. I think there will be a lot more of those coming, though, because offense has taken over the NFL, and I'm not sure how defense is going to catch up. And that's why in the offseason, when eight teams fire their head coaches, it's going to be guys like John Filippo who get jobs, because the era of defense winning championships and the era of having a balanced attack is completely and utterly gone. But this is kind of like the juiced ball, right, for, for baseball, in that the, the, the rules are now skewed so much for the offense. I don't think so. I think the rules are skewed to offense, but I think the juiced ball was one thing that they then changed back. I don't think the rules are changing back. I think games are going to be in the 40s and 50s and 60s routinely in the future, not a we're going to change the rules to help defenses because helping defenses generally is a safety issue. So I think all of the penalties and all the things that are in place to avoid contact are going to stay or going to increase, and that's going to keep scoring. I mean, it looked a little bit like a 7-on-7 game last night. Yeah, it did. Let me ask you this. Please it was do. an unbelievable, exciting game. It was two really, really good teams. Hey, excuse me. We're taping a podcast back here. <laughs> Did you – what was your level just, of enjoyment? I enjoyed it a lot. And I know uh, we kind of had uh, a little back and forth last night. Um, it, I think if you're a football purist, it, it wasn't um, – it was probably too much scoring maybe or, or it just – it wasn't – it didn't seem like a pretty game in that sense. But it had everything, right? I mean, it had totally. big offensive plays. It had, what, three defensive touchdowns? Um, one guy had two for the Rams. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, it was it was extremely uh, entertaining. It went too fast for me. And it was like a four-hour game. Yeah. But, like, you watch football, and you're used to the ebb and flow. Hey, we've seen winter basketball games that didn't have that score. That's it. it <laughs> like, you're used to the Back ebb and the flow of football where you can kind of think after every play yeah. and calculate. The game moved so fast, my head was like mush trying to keep track Well, that fourth of, quarter was just ridiculous. It, it was unbelievable. It was just it was so bizarre. So are those the two best teams in the league? I mean, I, I don't th- I don't know that you can say that. I mean, I don't. I mean, there, I'd say there's probably four or five teams that you put in that category, but I don't know if you could say. Well, who are the other they're ones? They're one, two. Well, I still think the Patriots are in that mix. I don't. They can't play like that. When have we seen them this year play a game that looked anything like that? No, but they, but they, the, they're the one other team besides the Rams to beat the Chiefs. True, but I, I, I don't see the players on their roster they that still can have, go up and f- down they the still, field and they score still have 60. Tom Brady. They still have Tom. When you have Tom Brady, you're Tom still Tom Brady the mix. is not better than what we saw out of Jared Goff and Pat Mahomes last night. Maybe he's equal to them. I don't actually think that's the case. Maybe he is, but he's not better. But what about all the other players on the field? There's no Aaron Donald on the Patriots. 
They're just not as good. They're a very, very good they're team. They're very good Maybe coach. they're the best team in the AFC. They are probably the best coach team. But they don't have the players that the two teams we watched last night have. They don't have those weapons. They don't have the Tyree kill. The Rams have three dynamic receivers. Now, m- maybe Sammy Watson's going to be out for right, a while. Right. I don't know. They certainly don't have that defensive star like Donald. I-, I just don't think the Patriots have the horses. I don't think anyone in the AFC has the horses that Kansas City does. It's almost like Kansas City has to stop themselves. Which they've consistently done, done over yeah, the years. Yeah. Like but, we've seen that movie before. True, but... Mahomes, I, I was very much on the, it's only two weeks into the year, it's only right. four weeks into the year. Well, we're two-thirds of the way through the season. He's got an absolute cannon. He generally makes good decisions. Not not perfect, not every single time, but they've got the running back. They've got wide receivers. They, they've got a line. They, that is a pretty dynamic offense. No. I, I don't know... and. It seems likely that they're going to be playing at home in right. the playoffs. I don't know that anyone goes in there and beats that. Now, that doesn't say as much about Kansas City as it does the rest of everyone the AFC, else. Right? right, because right. is the third best team in the AFC the Steelers? Right now, I think you probably have to say that, right? I guess. Chargers, maybe? I mean, I think the Chargers and the Texans were exposed last yeah. week for kind of being who we thought they right. were. They're not particularly well-coached teams. They are capable they're good offenses but it really seems to me that the AFC comes down to Kansas City and the Patriots and the Steelers and everybody and then else. everybody else yeah I mean it would be hard to imagine those three teams the Steelers the Patriots and Kansas City what two of those three not being in the AFC championship well game. and if you can if we can extrapolate that further David I mean it'll probably look like Pittsburgh and New England will probably be two three so that so that means yeah one of them know, has to beat each other what, to, to, right right well Kansas City maybe plays the Chargers, the Chargers which or, is yeah. not nearly the challenge yeah I, I think it sets up pretty well for Andy right now Kansas City lost yesterday so the, their lead is tight right. in the AFC I'm just not sure who you think is going to beat them the rest of the way now in the NFC you have two really super teams right you have New Orleans and you have the Rams I mean as the standings are right now, that's how it looks. And I think I've been late to get off of Philadelphia and Minnesota. Yeah. But, I mean, the Eagles, I can't tell you what's wrong with them. I mean, you, you've watched them play, but it, it doesn't look good. No, it doesn't look good. They're, you, know, they're, you know, they're not the team they were last I year. I guess it's in the trenches. It's in the last trenches. year they yeah. were they were, they were so bit, yeah. dominating on both lines. This year that's clearly not the case. I mean, I don't think Carson Wentz is the problem. No, well maybe they need Nick Foles back. I don't think <laughs> no, that's it. I, I like I don't really get what's wrong, but I'm watching them each week be in games that you know you think okay, well you know an upper echelon team should play well here. Right. Nope, nope again pounding like they they but that's the trend that's been the trend the team that uh you know wins the super bowl or gets to the super bowl but usually you can diagnose well. the problem right right I, I, well one like, thing i, I don't did, get it one thing i read and i can't remember one of the coordinators left and i know some people thought well, filippo's on yeah. minnesota now right. yeah I, like it's hard to imagine that one guy makes all the difference and and that's why he's going to be a head coach next year but uh yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, what do you make of Minnesota and Chicago? They played Sunday yeah. night. Kirk Cousins throws that crippling pick. Yeah. It seems like that's been a trend this year. Yeah. 
I don't buy the Bears. I understand that they've consistently played well. They've played a kind of lousy schedule. They looked good Sunday, but Mitch Trubisky, to me, is not Goff and is not Mahomes. He does make big plays. He makes big Big negative plays, too. too. No, I think they're a team, Dave, that I think in the AFC, you know, it's kind of the Chiefs and everybody else, maybe the Patriots and the Steelers. In the NFC, obviously, it's the two teams we talked about. And then I think it's a, a mismatch of teams in that 3-4 spot. I mean, I think it could be Carolina thinks that they could be that. Seattle's got five. Well, they have five losses now. They're 5-5. Five and five. Um, You know, do they have a run in them? That's why I think the, Patri- the Panthers losing um, against the Lions, while it looked bad, wasn't the worst thing in the world for them because – with four losses, they're still pretty much in the mix for a wild card. They're not going to win the division. Yeah, I mean, the question to me is not can they make the playoffs. They absolutely can make the playoffs. The question is can they, in the next month, six weeks, get it together and beat a Rams or a Saints team when the money's on the line in the playoffs? Well, that's a huge question. The, maybe the, the history will tell you, not that they will do that, accomplish that, but history will tell you under Ron Rivera that they're a much better team in December uh, I think they're 20 and 5. I forget the actual record. But do they have the horses? I mean, it looks like you well, Offensively, said, they do. They do? You would compare the Panthers' offense to the Rams or the Saints' offense. And let's go player by player. I think Cam Newton's a very good quarterback. He is not Drew Brees. He is not Jared Goff. Their running back situation is ample, but it is not the best running back in the league like the Saints and the Rams have. Their wide receiver situation is okay. It pales in comparison to the Rams and Saints. And on the offensive line, the teams that are producing 50 points a game probably are stout. Well, the offensive line has become an issue for the Panthers. I mean, it Become? Off- it was an issue before the year started. No, I know, but early on, the, yeah, yeah, that yeah. group had, had, um, had kind of put some of those worries away. The last three weeks, it's come back. I think in order for the Panthers to compete with those upper echelon teams, they are going to have to be way better than those teams defensively. Well, because uh, from uh, an offensive standpoint, it's not close. Yeah, but they can compete offensively. The, the, but the problem is what you just mentioned, is they're getting like zero pass rush. And the one thing we saw in the game last night, uh, you know, I mean, part of the reasons why the Chiefs lost the game last night was the, the pass rush that the Rams were able to put on. And that, that's where maybe the Panthers will come up a little bit short. Uh, you know, linebacker, I would put that linebacking core the Panthers have up against anybody's. Now, the secondary... You know, I mean, I think that they're still kind of gelling back there. Um, you know, the if the Panthers played at New Orleans or at the Rams right now, I think they're a touchdown underdog. And that means they're going to win one out of every three and a half games. So, is it possible? Sure, but is it thirty percent or something? Well, they don't want to see the Saints three times. Yeah, <laughs> you think they want to see the Rams though? No. I, Not I mean, three times. Th- 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 it's but, just but, I mean, I, and I know we're talking about odds and, and likeliness, but, I mean, let's face it, Dave. I mean, anything can happen when you when – you, I mean, that's why they play the games. What odds would you put on the Rams or New Orleans or the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl? One of those three teams. I'll take those three. You'll take the right other Right now, I, I would probably say in order, I'd say the Rams – I'd say the Rams – probably Rams, Chiefs, and Saints. Right. But the three of them order. combined, what percentage do they have to win it all? You can have those three teams oh, or, the or the field. field. Oh. Who do you want? It's not close. No, it's those three teams. It's, those three. it's probably 80%. What? Yeah, I think it's 80%. That means you would have to take five to one yeah. to take 
everybody else. That, that's stunning. That tells you that the NFL playoffs are a little bit of a let's punt and get to the championship game yeah. situation. Yeah. And, like, it's a league that has been unpredictable over the last several years. It's a league that likes you to be surprised, wants to keep you engaged during the whole season. But unless you are really high on the Patriots, more I think you have to be on their history and their coaching than what we've seen this year. And they're very good. I just don't think they're at the level those other three But they've taken are. teams that maybe didn't have the best talent and beat teams that were more talented than them. I agree with that, but I think we're talking about an era of super teams. Look at what the Rams did in the offseason. Look at what the Saints have done the last two offseasons. These teams have said essentially... Screw five years from now. We're playing for right, right now. And if you're trying to play a team that's playing for right now and you're half in, you're playing for both now and the future, you're outmanned. But isn't it interesting that uh, the new stadium's going to be finished, what, in 2020? And so, there, I mean, so that meant that win now mentality. The other thing was, how about the, the crowd at Memorial St- uh, LA Memorial Stadium, the Coliseum last night? It was. Uh, I mean, Considering that it was uh, a game that was moved six days before. It's L.A. It's a thing yeah, to do. Thing. Well, then they're if hot they team. stunk, it would be 22,000 people. It would be a Winthrop Tuesday night game <laughs> against a non-D1 opponent. But it's a thing to do. The team is hot, et cetera, et cetera. The minute they start losing, there's nobody, no, there. nobody there. Now, yeah. when the new facility comes around, that'll be a cool, hot thing to do for a while too and so long as they're good people will come it's an interesting question though what are they going to do with the chargers there's there's no one going to charger games there's no vibe whatsoever they're going to go play second tenant in both a city and a stadium that doesn't want them and they can't even fill that soccer stadium right I mean, mostly with road teams. Right. I mean, yeah. when the Steelers come, it's all yeah, Pittsburgh it's all Steel, fans. Yeah. When the Chiefs come, it's you all Kansas City fans. I'm not, I, you know, I, early in my career, I did some marketing and, and promotion stuff. and So I'm, I'm not saying that marks me as a genius or, or even qualified necessarily. But it, it does give me some insight. And when I heard everything about them moving to L.A., I just thought it was an, a, a terrible idea just because – what you just mentioned, they're going to be the, the second tenant. They're going to be the, the kind of the stepchild, if I, you will. You, you thought one team or two teams no, moving I don't th- to L.A. was a bad I idea. I think moving any second team into L.A. was a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, I mean, I think history now is going to make you right on that. I disagreed, and the reason I disagreed was because football stadiums are albatrosses. Like, you can't do anything with them. So you host eight regular season games, maybe a playoff game or two, a couple of preseason games, and then it just sits. But 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 we're talking about you're moving in a new team that even though they did have a previous history in L.A., there still wasn't really a lot. There's probably more Raider fans in LA than there right. are. I just think it makes so much sense that like in maybe New York, the Raiders would have made the Raiders may have been teams. the one team that that would have yeah, bucked that trend. The Radi- the but the Chargers, there's no yeah, there's it, no there's no tie to the t- you know. What are they going to do though with the Chargers? Like they're going to go to LA and they're going to fail for a while, right? Like like they're not going to change the plan now. So after five years in LA, when they aren't drawing any people. And they're paying But the NFL is going to find some sucker city that's going to pony up some what money. What city is that going to be? Because it's not going to be San Diego because the state of California doesn't publicly finance right. stadiums. So wh- where can they go? Well, it'll take probably a, a unique situation, kind of like, again, it's a different era, but, uh, you know, a city maybe like a, maybe like a Portland where they uh, 
I doubt you're getting public ownership. financing for a stadium in the Pacific Northwest. Maybe, but I kind of doubt well, it. Well, the, the, but the uh, Bank of America Stadium wasn't built with public money. It was uh, the PSLs funded that. Now, granted, it's a different economy because now you're looking at a billion dollars as opposed to that stadium was three hundred million. Which even though then three hundred million was a lot of money. Yeah, I, I mean, Dave, I th- if somebody wants it bad enough, it'll happen. Right, but I think the only places that want NFL football bad enough are the. Texas type cities, maybe San Antonio, San Antonio. maybe they already Oklahoma have a City. They don't have a stadium you can actually use. No, but they, they can use it in the short term and then, right, yeah, yeah. But you need to build one. Right. But I think Texas is more likely to bu- build a stadium for a team. The population base is not that of Los Angeles, but I mean, I think eventually London gets a team too. Yeah, international possible. Maybe Mexico City if they can get a clean field. They would need a new stadium <laughs> as well and some new grass. Yeah. The Bearded Carcast is on the road. We're headed to big blue country, Lexington, Kentucky, Winthrop, and UK. Coming up on Wednesday at 1 o'clock on the way, we're headed to Hendersonville to pick up some apples, to Lane's End Farm to see some horses, and then to rup for practice. Tomorrow morning, we're going to Keeneland. You can subscribe to the Bearded Carcast on iTunes, you can listen on SoundCloud. We may at some point and be soon on, to be on Stitcher. We yeah, have we to figure that out. Yeah, maybe we'll figure that point, out on this trip. Yeah, some point soon, you can send us a note. Beardcarcast at outlook.com. Yeah, we're on Instagram. We're on Instagram. We, we should put Instagram on this trip. Okay, I'll put you in charge of that. <laughs> well, I'm in charge of everything else. That's right. <laughs> It's convenient that way. You know how they talk about consistency? Yeah. We're so consistent. We are very with consistent. That. Very consistent with that. So, college so what, hold on a minute. What kind of apples are we getting? What, what's in what's in uh, stock right now? Well, I mean, it's going to be primarily pink ladies. That's the last yeah. apple they take off the trees, and that happens in October. Right. So, so that's going to be the now. Are we going to your buddy's option. farm, or are we going somewhere else? No, we're going to the Maccabees right off the, oh, the highway. Yeah, the one, right, yeah, the yeah, one yeah, that you yeah, and I went yeah. to on the way to Asheville yeah. last year. And and did you like on my very detailed itinerary I that, I, like that, that I sent yeah. everyone that it, it even gives the exit so that we yes. don't waste time don't going waste to the time wrong place? Right. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Like driving around the block to <laughs> lock my car? Yeah, it's a lock That car. was not in the itinerary. No, no, that wasn't. If you had texted or called me and let me know that, know that you wanted to do that, though. Although uh, I was the first one there. Yeah, the the traffic was unbelievable. I mean, I live in Uptown these days. It took 40 minutes to drive from Uptown to Fort Mill. No, what's maddening about uh, that part of town, so we got off of Carowinds Boulevard. So Carowinds is actually the big theme park, not not associated with Heritage USA, (laughs) although it's like probably two miles apart. It probably it took me more time to get through that yep. light than any part of the journey. Yeah, to get, and Brett's only Brett's probably twenty minutes from my house. Yeah, normally it took probably twenty five thirty minutes. I mean, today. when I drive to Winthrop to teach class on Monday and Wednesday, class starts at three thirty. If I leave the house at three, I'm gonna be fine. Yeah. Today it took another ten minutes to make it ten miles shorter. The the other thing, so I stopped and grabbed a bagel on the way, and there was this Owens. Huh? Owens? Did he get a bagel at Owens? I like getting bagels at Owens. No, no, I went. I went South to, Boulevard. Uh, no, no, I didn't go. No, that's out of my way. I went to uh, Manhattan Bagel, maybe. Okay. 
But uh, so there's this dude there. He's just wearing like a t-shirt and like plaid pajamas and a bearded car cast hat. No, he did have a beard, but he was smoking a cigarette. Okay. It's Tuesday. Like, what do you do? You just like lounging around at Manhattan Bay, <laughs> just chilling. I mean, it's a holiday maybe on a week. Sunday. Yeah, I guess maybe it's a, it's a holiday, holiday week. week. I don't know. I just feel, I I just felt like since I was amongst the nine to fivers, that there should be a little more decorum. What you don't know is that guy makes six hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> hey, bleep you! <laughs> oh, I heard something great yesterday. You know, Mike McIntyre got fired at Colorado. So yeah. they're talking about who should be the next coach of Colorado. I personally think it should be Jeff Tedford who got wrongly fired at Cal has done an unbelievable job at Fresno state and deserves another chance in the PAC 12. But the idea of Dana Holgerson, who mm. almost clearly is a pot smoker <laughs> at Colorado just seems too good to be true. I think I just read they opened the first uh, pot dispensary in Massachusetts. The first one on the East coast. Well, why are you still in Charlotte? Well, I don't, I don't uh, partake in that. Well, where, where in Massachusetts? If you guessed where in Massachusetts it would be, oh, clearly it would be in uh, Harvard Square. Okay, in Cambridge. I, I was thinking that there could be a large audience in Amherst too. Oh yeah, Western Mass definitely, definitely. Eastern Mass, I would say Cambridge. Western Mass, it'd be just anywhere, uh, anywhere west of the Connecticut River. So the last couple of weeks, there's been a focus on college football yeah. in the Northeast. Syracuse got their butt kicked by Notre Dame, Notre Dame at Yankee Stadium. Did, you, did Boston. you see that thing about Francesa where he was, like, going on and on about the Notre Dame uniforms, and then he, like, opened up a picture of it and was like, oh, that's what they look like. He was, like, <laughs> ripping them. He hadn't even seen them. That guy's made a heck of a living he out is. of that. Then uh, two weeks ago, Clemson beat Boston College yeah. pretty good. Pretty soundly. And it seems that... Well, the, BC gave up, gave one up to Florida State. They should have beaten them in Tallahassee. But it didn't matter in terms of the college football playoff no, no, picture, no, 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 no. which at this point seems unbelievably clear. Yeah, Alabama win or lose the rest of the way is going to the playoff. Right. Now they can't lose to Auburn and Georgia, right, right. but if they lose one time, they're, they're still, still going. Right, right. If Clemson loses the ACC championship game, maybe because it's a mediocre pit team, they get left out, but they're going to be four touchdown favorites, oh, yeah. and they're going to go. Notre Dame, they all they have to SC. do is beat yep. USC, and they're in, and then so long as Georgia doesn't beat Alabama, making for a second SEC team, it's probably Michigan if yep. they beat Ohio State this week and then win, beat Northwestern in the in the Big Ten championship game, which leaves Oklahoma and Washington State on the outside looking in. Oh, oh, oh! By the way, it also leaves Central Florida on the out, outside, out of the outside yeah. looking in. And they had a big win Saturday night uh, at home against Cincinnati. Let me ask you the question you asked me, but I'll put it instead of in NFL terms, put it in college terms. And I'll switch the question up just a little bit. But are, are you? What are the odds if it's Alabama and then the field in the in the playoffs? What, well, the, what percentage? The, what percentage do you think that would the be? The actual betting odds are Alabama's minus like two fifty. They're given like a sixty five percent chance of winning. I think Clemson is really really good, and the analytics community suggests that Clemson and Alabama are not on even footing, but pretty close to but that. But Clemson's built to to compete with Alabama. Yeah, there's no question. And and 
Clemson made that huge quarterback change. Yeah. Like, everyone talks about Tua. He's been unbelievable. He's the runaway Heisman Trophy winner. But the change at quarterback to go with the freshman for yeah. Clemson, he's going to be the number one pick in the draft in two years. Yeah. To have that be so clear now, like, that's the type of guy, just like Tua was in the national title game last year, he can make you a play. Yeah. And the supporting cast for Clemson is very, very strong as well. I think the semifinal game, though are I'm not telling you don't watch them but I don't think you need to budget four hours a game to watch I think at halftime you can go hang out and plan something else for the second half I, I don't think that Notre Dame or Michigan or Oklahoma or Washington State or anyone else that might get in I don't think they can compete with those two teams I mean the idea that Notre Dame just clocked Syracuse yeah. and now they're going to turn around and play a competitive game against Clemson I, I don't see it from a talent standpoint, from a resume standpoint. I, I think that's apples and oranges. Well, and I think the association with the ACC has uh, helped Notre Dame a little bit, particularly this year, just as far as, I mean, it's been easier to schedule, but I think it's also maybe more better to compare them yeah. since they have kind of that conference affiliation. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I just, if you watch the teams play, just the eye test, Clemson looks really, really good. Yeah. And Notre Dame has looked very good in spots, but they, they've neither played the level of competition nor have they been nearly as dominant to me. And we don't trust Brian Kelly in the big game, right? I like Brian Kelly. No, I, I, Brian I didn't say I didn't like him. But, pretty darn good coach. But they, but they haven't uh, – and it, don't get me wrong, it's hard to – if your team job. is coached by Brian Kelly, you should be pretty happy because there might be eight or ten better coaches in the country, yeah. but there aren't 20. I mean, he gets a, that's a really hard job because the magnifying glass is on you constantly. Like right, that's what I mean. It's a hard job. The right. expectations are enormous. Right. And you can't get everyone into Notre Dame like you can in the SEC where there's right. no academic standards. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's a difficult job. It's South Bend, Indiana. There's no actual recruiting base on campus. But at the same time, you're a national brand. There's a reason they play a game in the New York metro area. There's a reason they play a game in Los Angeles. There's a reason they play games in Texas. And the win over Michigan this year is a legitimately mm -hmm. really, really strong win. The problem is if you think Notre Dame can compete against Clemson and Alabama, you have to go back to week one when they beat what at that point didn't look like a great Michigan team. I mean, you're asking us to believe what we saw in September. September or August more so than what we've seen hmm. most recently. And and maybe that's the Notre Dame team that we're going to see in the playoff. But if they play the same game they did against Michigan, I still don't know that they can beat the Clemson team yeah. that they're going to face. All right, we just loaded up on apples at Maccabees. Exit 153 on I-26. What, about 15 miles south of Asheville on our way to Lexington. We're going to stop in Knoxville, get a little bit of lunch, and then uh, make Who our way to Lexington. lunch? We got apples. You got, uh, we got apples. You got two pecks of apples. Yeah. Some cameos. Yeah. Some pink ladies. 
honestly, if this was a reality TV show, we would have voted someone off the island. They would have <laughs> had to stay here, and we could have loaded up with more apples. I, I think uh, I think Jeremy and Brett thought you were joking when you said, well, one of you guys got to stay. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you could have you grabbed another six bags of apples. I see a hotel right there. I'll get them a room <laughs> if we can just take apples. I, I mean, now, here's the nice thing. Yeah. How many apples do you think I got there? Maybe uh well, how many is in a pack? Apples? Well, it goes by weight, but oh. I mean, I I would say uh, I would say somewhere around forty apples, maybe. Yeah, I'd say thirty-five to forty apples. Yeah. And here's the great thing. Yeah. We go to Tennessee Tech next Wednesday. We're stopping eight, again. Eight, eight days from now, yeah. and, and we'll have a lot more room in the car. We'll have more room in the car. Yeah, I might get a couple of pink ladies. Well, when we come next week, I need to load up for the rest of winter. Yeah, you, yeah, you gotta. You got to. Uh, do you have like a grain silo in your backyard, like some sort I mean, of silo you can store yeah, all these apples? That's a good point. You know, I, I guess we'll be back when we come to Asheville. Yeah. So maybe I only need to load up for uh, about six weeks or so. Right, because isn't our first road game in Asheville? Is the first road game? Or is that in the home, first home game? I, I know we play Asheville. Man, early. if we play Asheville early, though, that means I got to get from Asheville until Labor Day. How many apples do we get? We'd better rent, like, a, a a huge vehicle for that trip. What's the shelf life of an apple? About 10 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, goodbye, McBees. Hello, Asheville. We're almost, uh, we're almost there. If I told you you could spend $20 on apples, which probably could get you 100 apples, right. or $20 to watch Tiger and Phil on Friday, which would you do? Mm. I think I'd get the, you know what? I think I'd get the twenty dollars in apples. Me too. Now I will say this because we we um we sort of talked about this um, at Brett's house. If if one of us would buy it and was going to have a party, I would probably go over and hang out, um, and watch it. But I I don't think I would shell out the twenty dollars to just watch it at my house by myself. You can't get apples on Facebook Live or Periscope, but you can get <laughs> Tiger and Phil. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, are you an apple like? So, what's your favorite juice? Are you like an apple? Will you drink an apple cider over like an orange juice? I love both. I love both. I I, I grew up saying I liked pulpy apple juice, which yeah. essentially means just press the apples, no preservatives, right. nothing else, just the pressed right. apples. Hmm. I don't know that I've ever had that. The best apple juice you can get that is available in more than just like at an orchard. Right. Is at Trader Joe's. Their their pressed apple juice is as close as you're going to get to apple juice that you would just get pressing apples. Now, do you think Phil and Tiger will be drinking pressed apples in Las Vegas? I think they're going to be killing a lot of time. I mean, <laughs> that's going to be a, it's lot gonna of time be to a kill, four yeah. or five, six hour broadcast. They're going to tee off, and then they're going to walk five minutes to the next shot. And then they're going to hit another shot, and they're going to walk three minutes to the next shot. There is going to be more dead time, and if Phil plays the way he has the last six months, he's going to be eliminated at the 12th hole. Isn't this one of those things where it, it sounds good when, you, when you're pitching it, but when you th start thinking about the details? Because I don't know that I'm going to sit there and watch it for, what, four hours, five hours? I, I think it could be a complete and utter disaster. Now, I assume the financials are secure, meaning 
advertisers are paying enough that they're not depending on subscribers. But I, I can't imagine a huge number of people subscribing to an event that starts at 4 o'clock Eastern time on yeah. Friday afternoon. I mean, there's so much time in between shots. So much time in between shots. And, and I'm just not sure what the value of... yeah. The, now, they're going to be mic'd up, the, and the caddies are going to be mic'd up. Which is which is cool. Right. It's, and it's Ernie neat. Johnson's doing the play-by-play. Uh, yeah, and they have a bunch of report. I mean, they're going to do a lot of whips and a lot of you know. No, no question. Yeah. There are going to be a lot of elements involved, and and I think from an audio video standpoint, it could be really neat. And they're doing, I guess, they're doing some drone footage, and they're going to like yeah. overhead stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to look cool. I think the visuals are going to be good. I think the audio is going to be good. I just don't know that the content is good. And there's going to be no crowd. No crowd. Well, at least they're not selling tickets. They, I'm guessing they might be like sponsors. Uh, there might be no crowd and no audience on TV e- either. If, yeah, you don't think it's going to be successful? Not really. Um, I, I, but if they have all of the big corporate sponsors, if Anheuser-Busch is sponsoring and Ford is sponsoring, yeah. I mean, maybe they can make a ton of money. I, I just – there are real sporting events – going on this is an exhibition between two old guys neither of which has won anything in a long time of significance and supposedly they've created a they created a company to uh, help funnel uh, funnel the cash on this deal so what's the future of this let's say it were to work really well i don't think there's anyone else that's marketable enough to make it work, right? I don't know would you would you think there's a market for Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy to do something like this? No, do you? I think diehard, not the average fan, but I think diehard golfers would watch that. Oh, I, I agree, but I don't think that's sustainable for a pay-per-view. I think the only reason it works is Tiger Woods. I completely agree. Completely agree. I mean, you could throw anyone else out there. I mean, maybe 15 years ago if you did something with Arnie and Jack, it would have generated yeah, that kind of— Yeah, and maybe more than 15 yeah. years ago with those yeah, guys. Probably I, 20 I, years ago, yeah. Sure, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, what event would you watch on pay-per-view? Like, if— the Panthers game on Sunday was not on free television, but was on pay-per-view. Would you pay to watch it? No. We had this discussion the last time. I'm very cheap when it comes to, <laughs> like, I don't like paying for tickets. I don't like, like, I will if I have to, obviously. But, I, you know, I just don't, I don't know. Like, even when I was a kid, like, I, I never, you know, my, the way my family wasn't, we just, we never got any of those, like, well, WWE pay-per-views and the boxing stuff. Now, my friends did, and I'd go and hang out with them and do it, but I wouldn't do it myself. The discussion we had before was about going to an event, and going to an event is inherently expensive. Now we're just talking about, let's say you no longer had to pay your cable bill. So instead of paying $100 a month or $50 a month, whatever you pay, you're just going to buy events a la carte, and they're going to be three bucks or five bucks or, or something fairly nominal per event. What are you buying? What are you not buying? Well, what are my options? Everything that you normally watch. You buying the let's say you well, can we buy, do buy a we, Sunday of NFL football. So we do buy that we cost do, you ten dollars, or an individual game costs you a buck. Now I'm working on Sundays, so it's really more for Sam and John. But we do, we do one I do buy the, we do buy the Sunday ticket. Right. So, but instead of paying the ticket, you have the option. You either buy all the games right. or you don't have the games. Now I'm telling you, you can buy. It's it's Sunday, 1 o'clock window. There are eight NFL games. Before the game begins, you don't know what's going to be a good game or what's right, going right, to be a bad right. game. Are you going to buy one game, two games? You can buy the whole 10-game package for $7. What are you going to buy? Yeah, but see, I, I go back to the old internet 
conundrum. I mean, I, I've gotten it free for so long. I don't know that I would pay for it. So you would buy no NFL. Well, I mean, if 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 the Panthers, if I was off, I would I would buy the Patriots. You'd buy the one game, right? Now, if I didn't work for the Panthers, I would probably buy the Panthers. Okay. Now, what about Monday Night Football? Are you going to pay sixteen bucks a buck a week for sixteen Monday Night games? I would have paid for last night's game. No, you don't know that beforehand. Will you pay for next week's game since you don't know the result yet? No, no, no. I would have. Oh, beforehand, you I would have. I would have paid for just because teams. two nine one teams. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would have paid for last week's game. Would you ahead have, of time? Would you and, have, and again, not knowing the result, probably right. not. Yeah. Would you pay for the? Uh, I mean, come on, the new reboot of Magnum PI is on Monday night. Exactly. Would you pay for the Maui Invitational? Brett doesn't like it. He's shaking his head. <laughs> Maui Invitational. <sighs> Auburn beat Xavier yeah. down the stretch yesterday. Paying for that? No. Paying for Kentucky and Winthrop on the SEC network? Um, I'm paying for the uh, Winthrop Sports Network feed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you paying for uh, whatever garbage opponent Alabama played last week, the Citadel? I'm probably not, uh, just as a rule of thumb, I'm probably not going to, I personally wouldn't pay for run-of-the-mill games. I would I would go more matchup-driven. But you don't know before a game, so you, you're you're going to pay for the top matchups, not knowing beforehand what's going to be right. A like good even game, what's even be a like, bad like, game. like let's say Middle Tennessee and Clemson are playing in football. I'm, I'm not buying that. Well, but what if it's uh, Penn State and Michigan State? Yeah, neither team is, that. Neither team is is competing to go to the the playoff. Right. But they're both you know. But they're re- good programs. Reasonably yeah. good programs. Yeah. I think television would be so much better if you paid per. So like. If you watch a lot of whatever network it is, you can pay for that network I, for a see, month. I, don't, you can I disagree. Pay for I don't think shows. I don't think people would do that. I, I don't think if you if every game was like an even if it was a nominal fee, I, I don't think people would go for that. I, I think part of the reason why what makes watching sports on TV so fun is that you do have that block of stuff on cable and you can just flip around. And if I have to like sit there and think about oh, I'm going to buy this game, I, I I'm I'm not going to do that. Well, I think that's the reason that it's structured as it is. They can make you buy a hundred stations you never watch, knowing that you're going to get all the games you want when they are yeah. on. Yeah. But I think it would be much more strategic and fun to think about what you would buy and what you wouldn't buy. I mean, would you buy the United States Open golf tournament? Yeah, I'd buy the U.S. Open. Would you buy the uh, Ryder Cup? I would buy the Ryder Cup. Would you buy the... Uh, Quail Hollow tournament? Uh, I generally go to it. All four days? So No, but I mean, last year I think I went three out of the four days. Yeah. I, I just think it's interesting to think about what is worth your money and what yeah. isn't. Now, I would not watch the games that Dick Stockton broadcasts. <laughs> I'm not buying the Dick Stockton games. But the Iron Eagle games, right. I'm buying those. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It also works nicely that the Iron Eagle games are good games and the Dick Stockton games aren't. <laughs> Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. It's a bearded car cast tradition. Bearded, but you're not coming this year. No, I'm not coming. <laughs> I've got Warren Wilson to prep for. You got Warren Wilson. Well, you can just come. I told you, you can just come eat well, and leave. Maybe we'll drop by. Yeah. Well, you got to let me know. I got to tell Sam. I'm hoping that you're going to have a turkey we're doing, that we're looks doing two like Warren Wilson. We're do, well, how about Warren Wilson? That's an interesting school. They have a working farm. And all the students there have to do some sort of community service. They have to do a job. On right, the community thing. service is playing at the Winthrop Coliseum on Saturday. <laughs> Immediately after Thanksgiving, yeah. taking a bus to Rock Hill and playing a basketball game. Yeah, so we're doing two turkeys this year. We're doing a fried turkey. and I think we did this last year, too. And we're doing the oven turkey. Yeah. 
And then we're going to do a whole bunch of sides. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do mashed potatoes. I think we might do some baked potatoes for some that are inclined to baked potatoes. Got to do the carrots. Sam's going to do the, some sort of string bean dish. We have one of uh, our I, You sound really into that string bean dish. Can you tell no, it's us really more about good. it? No, it's really good. Some it's sort of string bean dish. No, but it has, I forget what, it's actually my Aunt Pat's recipe. It's, it's really good, but it's like string beans, it's uh, cheese, there's uh, like some cut up onions, and there's um, something else. I don't know yeah, if it's Yeah, you're like, selling it. No, it really is. It's really good. I just don't know. I don't, I'm, I don't pr- that's not one that I'm personally prepared in making it. What about dessert? Uh, generally, we have some sort of uh, apple pie. Yeah. See, see, you're taking this some sort of as not being engaged. It's, uh, apple pie. Um, I always try to get Sam to do some sort of banana cream pie. Uh-huh. And then uh, she likes to do – I hate pumpkin pie. You do? She loves pumpkin pie. I hate it. My mom loves pumpkin pie, so we always have pumpkin pie. Um, I have been at Thanksgiving at a lot of different places over the years because – I went to college in New York. I didn't fly all the way back to the Bay Area. What the hell's up with this traffic, Brett? <laughs> a lot of people going to Sierra Nevada Brewing at uh, I guess so. 11 a.m. on yeah. a Tuesday. I-26 is hopping right now. Um, I always find it interesting, though, the different desserts, because people have pretty standard fare for Thanksgiving. Most people have turkey. Most yeah. people have mashed potatoes. Well, like we'll do the stuffing, and we'll do like cranberry yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but I think the biggest variable is... The dessert, and I think tradition is the pumpkin pie. But you well, see, apple a pie lot is of tradition different things. in our family. Apple pie is, is certainly a a close second, maybe. But one time I went to someone's house; they had fruit of the forest pie. The what? Fruit of the forest pie. Is that just like a a mixed it's a bag pie of fruit with fruits? Yeah. that come from the forest. I got it. You do. So like blueberries. Yeah. Raspberries. Raspberries. Blackberries. Blackberries. Yeah. Rhubarb? Probably. <laughs> what else you got in there? Maybe strawberries. Strawberries? Yeah. What other forest fruits? I don't know. Well, I guess, I mean, technically apples are a forest fruit, right? Because they come off trees. I don't think they're from the forest. So Maybe. You, well, if you, have a, if you have a bunch of apple trees, is that a forest? Or? Let me ask you this question. Yeah. If you could only have one type of fruit the rest of your life, yeah. but the options were categories, so you could have pitted fruit or right. Berries, right. or you could have um, melon, or you could have citrus. What what type of fruit would you have? Uh, I've always been a sucker for uh, uh, really delicious green grapes. I love green grapes. Well, that would be a pitted fruit. pitted fruit. Yeah. So without you would also get nectarines <laughs> and peaches. Yeah, I like nectarines. Nectarines and peaches. Yes, they're very similar. I know. Huh. Have we run the gauntlet on the bearded carcass? <laughs> you can email us your favorite types of fruit. Bearded carcass at Outlook.com. We're still in traffic, by the way. Yeah. Are we there yet? <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Brett and Jeremy for being our studio audience. Brett for driving. You for listening and join us, Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Bearded Carcast. <laughs>